with no All-Star game, no World Cup, and no preseason friendlies. We are distraction-free and ready to focus on the tight playoff races in both Major League Soccer conferences. This is the SBI Show. I am Garrett Cleverly back in Phoenix. With me, as always, is Ivis Galarza back in Jersey. How's it going, buddy? How was the flight back home? Uh, it was pretty good, and uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'd say I'm not com- uh, that I'm completely distraction-free. I enjoyed a, a pretty good weekend at home, and and for the first time uh, all year, I was able to actually chill out in my pool. Uh, I was able to fire up the grill for the first time since May. It was it was it was a good time. It was a good relaxing weekend. And I tell you what, man, the the soccer is gonna start getting hot and heavy really soon as the European leagues kick off and as the MLS playoff races get really intense. Okay, so if I'm going over to your house for a barbecue, what, what are you cooking? Uh, we'll do a little little pork ribs, a little skirt steak, a little chicken, hmm. uh, some sausage, some, you know, the usual hot dogs. We, we do it all. We do it all. But, like, my, my favorites are are, uh, are pork ribs and uh, skirt steak are probably my favorite, along with some sausage. So, like, those are, like, your go-to things? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, chicken's always good, but uh, no, but like everyone I, has like their go-to food. Like, there's certain foods that like I cook really well or make really well. You know, that are my go-to stuff. I'm still getting the hang of my grill. Uh, I got a I got a gas grill uh, last year and used it a few times. And obviously, this year I wasn't able to use it much because I was away so much. Um, but this August, this the rest of this August, I'll be I'll be using the grill quite a bit and uh, trying to get the hang of it so I can become an official grill master. So open invitation to anyone in the New York area. Go over to Ivis's house for a barbecue on the weekends. <laughs> yeah, you bring the meat. I'll I'll grill it. I'll grill it up. There it is. <laughs> um, that sounds pretty good. Uh, Ivis, tons to talk about on today's show. Uh, we got to talk about a little bit of Americans abroad before we get into all of that. We have a lot of Major League Soccer uh, news to talk about. Lots of really good games this past weekend. We, you and I had a chance to talk about it. Preview. This weekend we were up in Portland. Uh, one of the games that we were looking at, one of the one of the marquee games, was Real Salt Lake at home hosting DC United. It was a little bit of an opportunity for RSL to enact some payback against DC, who defeated them in the US Open Cup last year. And I mean, within the first thirty minutes of the game, RSL all over DC. Uh, Joe Plata with a header goal. Your boy Chris Schuler with a brace in this game. And, uh, I mean, Ivis RSL did not let their foot off the gas at all. And, I mean, they gave D.C. some serious fits in this match. Yes, RSL did it. They, uh, you know, they defended their home turf. Chris Schuler was outstanding. Two goals and helped uh, preserve the shutout. Uh, the story of the night has to be Nick Romando setting the new record, career record for shutouts, 113 shutouts, outstanding career. You can argue he's been the best goalkeeper in the history of MLS. There have been some really good ones through the years, like guys like Tony Miola, uh, guys like Kevin Hartman, but Nick Romando, when you look at his body of work, mm-hmm. his multiple MLS cups, his his outstanding play in uh, in the playoffs through the years, uh, you definitely can make a strong argument for Romando being the best goalkeeper of all time. And I thought it was pretty fitting that he you know he got that record shutout against DC United, his former team, and Ben Olsen, his former teammate. Uh, but a great game for RSL, a pretty bad game for DC United. And I know DC United fans are always asking, when are we going to start giving them some love? When am I going to start giving them props? When am I going to start believing in DC United? I am still not a believer, and this game definitely did nothing to to change that for me. I mean, I I think they're 
They have the defense to do some things. Their offense is a little inconsistent. I'm still not sold on them. And this next stretch of games for them is really going to tell us the truth about just how good this team is. And you're right. It doesn't get any easier for D.C. That's on their second loss in a row. They lost last week to the Houston Dynamo. And you look at their schedule coming up. You have Colorado, Sporting Kansas City, L.A., New York, Vancouver, New York, and then eventually play the Chicago Fire. Um, but it's going to be very tough for, for D.C. But in this one, I, I, mean, I, I kind of noticed, I mean, DC's back line. I mean, how, how you lose Joel Platt on the box? Bobby Boswell, I mean, you got to do a little bit better right there. That's why I still think Chad Marshall's the defender of the year. I know some people talk about Bobby Boswell, but DC did not have Perry Kitchen in this match. I mean, Ivis, do you think that played that much of a factor into kind of DC's just horrible performance at Rio Tinto? Well, that didn't help. And, and at the end of the day, uh, teams traveling out west, it's never an easy, an easy time. Uh, Eastern Conference teams traveling to the west, uh, usually do struggle. And RSL, they're tough at home. So there, there's a lot of factors at play there. Um, you know, I, I still disagree with you. If we're talking about midseason uh, defender of the year, Bobby Boswell is going to get my vote over Chad Marshall. But, um, you know, he didn't. Ha- their defense did not have a good showing against RSL. Credit to RSL. Credit to Javier Morales with the great service on, on both of, Ch- of Chris Schuler's goals. And RSL, man, they're right there. They're mm-hmm. a team you have to consider uh, on the short list of title contenders. And for me, I still think that short list consists of Sporting KC, Seattle, uh, the LA Galaxy, and RSL. That foursome, as much as I know uh, the Galaxy dropped a bit this week in the standings, you still got to like their chances when the playoffs roll around. Keeping it in the Western Conference, the late match on Sunday night was Seattle and Houston. Seattle took care of business, snapped their two-match losing streak, defeating Houston 2-0. to zero. Ivis, good to see Seattle. If you're a Seattle fan, back in the winning column. Uh, Marco Papa gets a goal in, in this one, the opening goal. Beautiful assist from Clint Dempsey. Uh, red card to Omi Febby Martins late in the game didn't matter, but uh, I mean, Ivis for Seattle, good bounce back win over Houston, who, who's starting to look a, a little bit improved. Uh, Houston, you know, I, I said it last week in the preview. I thought Houston would give Seattle a really tough go, and they did. And, you know, by, by all accounts, they should have taken the lead on them, and they missed that opportunity. They, uh, they came out uh, really strong against the Sounders. The Sounders looked a little flat in the beginning of this game. But Houston did not take advantage of, the, uh, uh, of their improved play early on. Brad Davis has his penalty saved. And that really turned things around. It, it allowed Seattle to stay in the game. And uh, and then the second half, the, you know, obviously they got the goals that they needed. It was an ugly game, no doubt about it. But Seattle will take it. And obviously I know they remember last year the way their season ended. They're not going to complain about results at this point. You know, you want to win the ugly games. Good teams win uh, can find a way to win. Mm-hmm. Even when they're not playing at their best, and, and I don't think this was a great game for them by any means, but they 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 held on. Uh, they got Chad Marshall back. Obviously, that was a big help, and they got the win, um, and and that's helping them obviously to stay. They jump back ahead of RSL uh, atop the West. As far as Houston goes, uh, you know it's going to be tough for the Dynamo. Uh, they got this game out of their way now, and, and the rest of their schedule is still pretty favorable for them to make a run at the playoffs. In the East, they, they have some ground to make up, no doubt about it. But I think they're a better team now with the additions of uh, DeMarcus Beasley, Luis Garrido, having Boniac Garcia and Brad Davis back. They're, they're a better team. They still need to sort some things out defensively. Uh, you know, they've given up the – obviously, they've given up the most goals in the league this year. Garrido's presence should help that. But the, still, the defenders that they do have – 
need to need to you know get their keep their heads on straight. I mean, when you want to talk about a player like David Horst, he looked like he was slacking a bit on the deflected goal. Some, sometimes you could say, oh well, how, how does a defender avoid uh, a deflected goal off of them? But if you watch the replay of that goal, you know he looked like he was a little flat-footed, not focused. And if he was maybe if he's a little more plugged into the moment, he uh, he handles that play better. Uh, the the penalty on Clark, uh, Ricardo Clark the penalty you can't grab an attacking player in the penalty area having said that if you watch the replay closely Obafemi Martins grabs Ricardo Clark and and a lot of times you get attacking players they try to do this they try to draw a reaction they try to grab you to push you or to, or to create space or even to incite you into grabbing them back and then you get caught and then they draw the penalty that's what happened in this case Obafemi Martins had a handful of jersey was yanking on Clark's collar and Ricardo Clark rather than just putting his hands up and hoping the referee uh, sees the the contact from Martins, he grabs Martins' arm and starts pulling it. So it was a pretty easy call for the referee there. Uh, so if you're Houston, you've got to be a little disappointed that you couldn't get a point out of this game. But they'll shake it off. Uh, Dom Kinnear, I'm sure, will look at the positives and look at the schedule that they have ahead. They have a lot of Eastern Conference games, and a lot of the teams that they're trying to catch are on that schedule. Uh you're just backing me up, Ivis. Look at that. Chad Marshall comes back. Seattle gets a shutout. Coincidence? I think not. Well, Houston isn't exactly a juggernaut offensively. So, well, it all, and it also uh, helped that, as you said, Stephen Fry had an unbelievable game and goal for Seattle too. He did all right. He had a, the PK save was pretty good. He was also like a you know a yard three feet off of his line on the PK, but I, I, you know, I'm always curious about these things because I know a lot of people were complaining about that on Twitter, about the fact that he was off his line. Um, I agree. He was off his line, and by the rule, you should be able to, you know, they, the, the, the kick should have been retaken. Mm-hmm. Having said that, Brad Davis hesitated on his kick on his run-up, run and you know what? If you're on, on your run-up, you're not supposed to hesitate. You're not supposed to stop. Like, uh, as far as I know, you're supposed to be a continuous motion. So maybe you have a case where referees look at the look at the kicker's run up and say you know what if you're going to hesitate if you're going to stop then I'm not going to call the goalkeeper for being off his line because he's reacting to your movement so that's uh, a little tricky one um you always wonder how that's how how referees see that play but you know what at the end of the day Seattle they did enough to win this game and Houston uh, they missed their opportunity mm-hmm. they could have gotten the 3 points but they didn't take advantage of that early early edge in play some some other goalkeeper this past weekend was off his line by three yards too. I, I can't remember it off the top of my head. Do you remember who it was? I, I know I'm throwing this out there. I, I, I can't. It was not a PK. I think it was in this Dallas game, this next match that we're going to be talking. I think it possibly was. But hopefully someone could help me out in the comments because I can't remember. But uh, FC Dallas, Ivis, at home, all over the Colorado Rapids, defeating them 3-1. to one. Matt Hedges gets a goal in the uh, opening 10 minutes of the match. Michelle hits a PK. Uh, Fabian Castillo gets a goal, and, and I got to say, man, this is kind of a very interesting game, and Colorado looked out of sync, and I got to say, Clint Irwin had one of his worst games he's he's ever had in keep, I'd say, for the Colorado Rapids. Yeah, he didn't look his sharpest in that game. I mean, I don't know if you'd, I, I don't know if I sit here and say it was his, his fault that they lost. I thought Dallas was the better team. I know Colorado fans will, be, will, will complain about the penalty call uh, against Marvell Wynn. Um, you know what? At the end of the day, folks, defenders – if they leave their feet in the area, don't complain about a call. You know what? You're in a penalty area. You shouldn't be leaving your feet. And that's what happened. He left his feet, and and uh, you know the the, the FC Dallas attacker fell over. So uh, I don't think that was a ter- turning point in the game. I mean, I think Dallas was the better team on the day, and they deserved three points. And you know, I, I feel like I've been saying it for a while. Colorado, for me, the fact that they have yet to really put together 
their first choice strongest 11 and and settle on a group uh i think that's gonna hurt them down the stretch and you know what who's to say maybe there just isn't that first choice group that mastroini can settle on and he's still looking for that but i mean at this point when you're talking mid-august when you're talking, you know, 10 weeks left in the season, you need to figure it out pretty quickly because you got to get some momentum going. And right now, I think for me, if you're looking at a team that's going to fall out of the race, I think the, I think the Rapids are the team that could end up falling out of this race in the Western Conference because I think Portland's going to be there in the end. And I think Vancouver showed tonight against Sporting Kansas City that they have every intention of being there in the end. FC Dallas is now unbeaten in their last eight matches. Um, and kind of the same, I mean, vice versa. I mean, kind of the same thing happened to them this year that last year. They kind of hit that, they went off to that really nice start and then kind of hit that slump and went downhill. But I mean, FC Dallas has just totally turned it around. I mean, they're back in the thick of the playoff race. race excuse me. Uh, what has impressed you the most out of, out of Oscar Pereira's side? so far well i just think the fact that they've been able to overcome injuries uh obviously earlier part in the earlier part of the year well first off you don't you lose george john for the for the season right he hasn't been a factor for you that's number one uh and then number two obviously henry thomas getting hurt and and and, you know raul fernandez uh a little delay in getting back into the flow of things uh so there were there were a lot of issues that that pereja had to deal with as he came in to join the team uh, but he managed to get through that. Oh, and obviously Mauro Diaz. You lose Mauro Diaz to an injury uh, earlier uh, at the end of the spring. I think it was in May where he where he heard, had the knee injury. And at that point, you're looking at it and saying, man, all these injuries. And then you lose your playmaker who was having an unbelievable season up until the, to the point of the injury. Uh, for him to navigate that and for him to keep the team together, I mean, I think it's been one of the better, out, better coaching jobs in MLS this year. Personally, I mean, I know Ben Olsen – is going to get the credit for what – I mean, he's like everyone's pick for Coach of the Year at this point in the season. But I tell you what, Oscar Pereja is on the short list. Oscar Pereja, if, if Ed Benoson's your your number one pick, I think I think Oscar Pereja has done enough to be uh, the second pick for Coach of the Year, and, and i got to give him credit for doing that. Uh, see, I still got to say that Ben Olsen, I don't know. I I get why people consider him for, to be Coach of the Year, but when you bring in so many good quality players like that in the offseason – I don't know. I guess maybe I expected DC to be somewhat decent this year. I don't, I'd rather give it to Oscar Brea or Pablo. I, I, to me, it's one of those two guys should be coach of the year. Ben Olsen, I, I get it, but unless DC wins the East, I don't think there's any way he's coach of the year. I disagree, man. But what, what, what is the, what is the difference? I mean, Colorado, uh, they were a t- they were a playoff team last year. They brought everybody back. And now you have a new coach. So why why shouldn't Mastroeni get credit if it, as of right now the Rapids aren't in the playoffs? So is he really the he's done well developing some younger players? You give him credit for that, but coach of the year at this point in time right now with them out of the playoff spot, I don't I don't I don't know about him. Pareja, I'm with you there. I think he's he's in the mix. He's in the conversation. But listen, Ben Olsen, uh, to help. To, to be able to hold on to that team through all that, that as terrible as last year was, uh, and to integrate the new players the way he did, I mean, he still has to do that. It's not as this isn't, you know, you're not playing FIFA where you just plug in players and it works instantly because their ratings are high. You still have to build a locker room. <laughs> the, the locker room dynamic ha- has to work. You have to pick the right guys. And credit to him, credit to, to Dave Casper. They brought in. Some high character guys, some good personalities to help that locker room. When you want to talk about guys like Bobby Boswell, Dave Yarno, um, uh, who's the, um, Sean Chris Franklin, Rolf. yeah, Chris Rolfe, Sean Franklin, 
and then obviously you have some some good attacking additions in Eddie Johnson and Fabia Spindola, F- Fabiana Spindola. Not, I mean, neither of them is con- has been considered a, a great locker room guy, but they are productive attacking players. So Ben Olsen had to put all that together and get it all to work. And as of now, he's getting it to work. The season's not over. DC United could start to fall apart. We don't know that. We'll see in the next few weeks. But as of right now, if we're talking about at the All-Star break, Ben Olsen's got to be your pick for Coach Yeah, See, I, I get it, but I guess I look at it as you bring in Sean Franklin, Bobby Boswell, Eddie Johnson, uh, Davey Arnaud, Jeff Park, uh, Fabian Espindola. I mean, those are all quality players, Ivis. All of them are very good players. Some of these you guys gotta, who, have, who have been capped gotta, for the U.S. Men's you know National what? Team. You have to make it work. There's been teams, there's been coaches in the past who, who put together talented lineup rosters and they, it didn't work. You still have to make it work. This is not fantasy soccer. You still have to make the locker room dynamic work. And he's done that. And he's gotten the new guys to blend in with the, with, with, with the people who are already there. When you want to talk about guys like Perry Kitchen, Luis Silva, Bill Hamid, uh, the pieces that were already there, Chris Korb, he's been able to do that. And he deserves his credit. You don't just say, oh, he doesn't, you know, like they're automatically just because they add these names, they're going to be – a top two team in the East. I don't know who had them as a top two team in the East. So that's where that's another thing because you can say, oh, he added these players, but who did? You, where did you have DC United coming into the season? I had in the DC competing for a playoff spot. I don't. Well, that's different than having them second in the East, and that's where they are right now. Oh, so there you go. Let's go we'll back. We'll see how the season the ends. We'll see how the All season right, ends. Fine. For me, I, I still have Oscar Perea. I, I thought the job he's done with FC Dallas has been magnificent this season, getting the most out of. I'm talking really fast, but getting the most out of some of these young players. We'll have to go back and listen to the tape. But look, look season's not over yet. This is. We'll see you at the end of the season, Ivis. We'll, we will see. We will. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see that you're wrong. <laughs> I'm not sure. It's not a right or wrong thing because at the end of the season is a whole other discussion. And at the end of the year, maybe I will agree with you. Maybe Pereja will have done enough to move ahead of Ben Olsen. But for right now, after the All-Star break, not counting this weekend's games because obviously this weekend FC Dallas won and, ben, and DC United lost. But at the All-Star break, I'm sorry. Ben Olsen's uh, trans, you know, his job has, has been more impressive, been the most impressive of any coach in MLS, uh, what he's been able to do, turning a team around that won three games last year. Three games. And I don't care that they added seven or eight new guys. He still had to put it all together. Uh, heading over and checking in on the Trillion Cup, Toronto defeated Columbus Crew 3-2. to two. It was the first time Toronto has ever swept Columbus uh, in this Cup series. And uh, MLS play, uh, you know, Columbus, I have a couple of defensive breakdowns, which is the interesting thing because you kind of expect Columbus's defense to kind of be uh, the better uh, out of the two options, the attacking and defense. You expect Columbus's defense to kind of step up. Columbus did get two goals in this game, but I mean, got to give a lot of credit to Toronto FC. No Jermaine Defoe out there and then you get some great performances from Gilberto and then uh, Luke Moore. I mean, dude, two two assists and a goal in this one. I mean, I was a very impressive performance from Toronto FC in this match. Right. I mean, for them to go on the road, get this win uh, and then battle, you know, Columbus what didn't exactly lay down. The, uh, the crew battled back, tied it up, and then Luke Moore scores the winner, capping a great night for him, a goal and two assists. Mm-hmm. And TFC is right in that conversation. You know, I still, you know, for me, are they a title contender? It's tough to say, but they're going to, they're looking really strong right now to be a top three team in the East. And that's where you really want to be. You want to avoid that play in game. You want to just go right into the semifinals. And when you have the talent that they have with guys like Jermaine Defoe, uh, Michael Bradley, Gilberto, you know, they, they've got a lot of quality there. And, uh, you do you do have some questions about the goalkeeper Joe Bendick? I, I know he, he, he let, you know one of the goals looked a little uh, weak on his part. Very. He's got he's got to get his act together because obviously he's 
He's replacing uh, Julio Cesar, who Julio Cesar went, is, is, is gone now. And it's his job again. So, he, you know, Joe Bendick, for those who remember, was pretty solid last year. And, and I have to wonder how much the whole Julio Cesar period with Toronto, how much that affected his development and how much that maybe affects his confidence that here he was. He had a good year last year. You came into this year, he was supposed to be the starter, and all of a sudden they go bring in Julio Cesar, and now he's gone, and now Bendek's back. And how, how, What's his mind state? What's his mentality? And he's going to be really important. If, if Toronto's going to have any chance to really contend for a title, Bendek has got to play out of his mind. Keeping it in the Eastern Conference, Chicago Fire defeated the New York Red Bulls 1-0 to in Chicago. Uh Quincy Maracua taken down in the box. Mike McGee steps up, hits the PK. Luis Robles stops the original shot, but McGee follows it up. And, uh, I mean, Ivis, New York had numerous opportunities in this game to score, equalize, take the victory. Bradley Wright Phillips was everywhere in this game. And, I mean, unfortunately, Ivis, New York could just not find a way to find an equalizer on the road. Right. I mean, Chicago's been a bit of a house of horrors for, for the Red Bulls. Uh, for years now, I believe it's been nine years now since the last time they won there, 2005, the last time. Uh, basically, I think if, if it goes back to 05, then then they have never, as the Red Bulls, won a game in Illinois. And I think that's pretty interesting. Um, but yeah, you know, Chicago, credit to Chicago. You know, they, they've had their issues defensively through the year. Um, but Bakari Sumari was outstanding for them. I know he's had his struggles uh, this season, but he stepped up. Uh, was really big for them. And, and look, you know, Mike McGee, you can say what you want about that penalty, whether it was legit or not, but he converts the PK. Actually, he, he had his PK saved, and then he converted the rebound. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? Chicago's defense is the story of this game to hold off the, a, a Red Bulls attack that's been really, really dangerous uh, this season. And you know what? Hey, the Chicago Fire, maybe they do have uh, a run in them. Maybe they do have a run for the playoffs. I still think – I don't I, I don't think they're going to make it. I think they, they missed – uh, I think if they would have signed Jermaine Jones, I really would have liked their chances. Obviously, that didn't work out since he rejected their offer. As much as uh, some people want to pretend that he did not reject their offer, but he rejected their offer. Okay, I'll let that go. Um, but, yeah, no, so you know what? Credit to Chicago and uh, Mike McGee getting it done. And, uh, hey, Harry Ship once again, uh, impressive. As much as some Fire fans uh, be- uh, you know, wanted to get on me because SBI did not put Ship on mid-season best 11, any of the five mm. teams that we had. We had five teams. First team, second team, third team, fourth team, fifth team. He did not make it. Um, but credit to Chicago. And the Red Bulls, man, they better get it together because they just might mess around and miss the playoffs if they don't uh, get their act together. Yeah, it, I was going to say, is there any cause for concern for, for the Red Bulls? Because if the playoffs started, they would be in the playoffs right now. But coming, I mean, you look at New York's form over their last uh, five games. I guess one win, two draws, and two losses. Um, I mean, what can Mike Pecky do to kind of get this squad kind of over this kind of little struggle that they're in, get them to that next level? Or can he? I mean, does this team have the capabilities of doing that? I, you know what? That You got me on that one. I, I don't know, man. I don't I don't think they're a lock. I mean, what do they have? Two wins in their last eight? I mean, that's not that's not that impressive when you want to talk about a team that uh, wants to compete for the playoffs. And, wants, and, and you know, a year ago, they were a supporter shield winner. And, and I said it before the season. They didn't do enough to improve their roster. Uh, here we are in the summer. They still didn't do that much to really improve their roster. They, you know, you want to talk about some minor moves, but no significant moves on their part. They have. They didn't go get a third designated player. It looks like obviously they're they're waiting for next year again. 
Um, and you, and that's the question. I mean, are, do you want to compete for a title or don't you? If they want to sit there and act like their championship team with the roster that they have, they're fooling themselves. And I think that's what's going to happen. I think at the end of the day, even if they make the playoffs, I don't really see them doing much beyond that. Because as much as Bradley Wright Phillips emerging as this great goal scorer this year for them, and he, he was SBI's pick for MVP, as voted on by the staff. He wasn't my pick for MVP, but he was SBI's uh, staff's pick for MVP. Um, having him and Henri be the great playmaker that he is, it's still not enough. It's still not enough. Defensively, they have you know a lot of issues. Defensively, uh, the midfield is a bit hit or miss. So there's a lot of issues that they needed to try to address some of this summer. And I just don't think they did. Well, moving out to the Western conference, first game of this major league soccer weekend was on Friday night, LA at home hosting San Jose earthquakes. The game ended in a two, two draw. Uh, Chris Wondolowski opening goal for San Jose. Uh, can't give him that much space and time, especially in the box. He's going to punish you for that. Um, Jaisi Zardes then equalizes uh, Matias, uh, Perez Garcia then scores for San Jose. And then Oavis, Omar Gonzalez opening goal of the season for him, a header on a corner kick. Uh, I mean, LA has to be kicking themselves in the butt for not picking up three points in this match. But, uh, I mean, look, anytime these two teams meet, it's always going to be a fantastic match. And we had another really good match between these two on Friday night. LA absolutely should be kicking themselves because they dominated this game. I mean, they had a 70-30 edge in possession. San Jose had three shots all night. Three shots. And two of them turned into goals. Uh, I think, you know, LA had like 25 shots. It wasn't even close, but they just they didn't convert. And credit Chris Wondolowski, you know, he goal and an assist uh, and helped them get that point out of there. And 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 I still am not, but I am not jumping on the San Jose uh, second half tr- momentum train. I do not see them being a playoff team. The Western Conference is way too stacked for them to make up the ground on all the teams they would have to make up on. Uh, I know some people out there who want to kind of, I don't know, I feel like there's some people out there who like try to jump on as many bandwagons as possible. And then when they hit, a, when they hit on a couple, they want to, you know, act like they know what the hell they're talking about. Um, but I'll tell you what, the Galaxy, th- this is a bit of a hiccup for them. I think they're still going to be fine. The qual- you see the quality mm-hmm. on that on that team, and I know some people will look at it and say, "Hey, you know, they didn't get Sasha Kleshton. That's going to hurt them. They would have been better with Kleshton, but I don't think they need Kleshton to win a title. I think they have enough talent on that squad, especially with Zardis really emerging as that that third weapon for them. And if he can keep playing at that level, when you have Keen Donovan, Z- Zardis, and then you have Ishizaki, who's looking really good." Janino and Sarvis looking really good. Robbie Rogers playing like the best left back yeah. in MLS. Uh, you know, he's the best left back in MLS right now. I mean, you could pretty much argue that. Over, uh, over Sesanovic? Well, Sesanovic, you want to talk about the whole season. Sesanovic mm-hmm. has been better. But in terms of the level of play that Robbie Rogers has played at at left back since he moved there, I don't think anyone's played at that. I think he's played at the highest le- left back at the highest level in the league since he since he got to the position. And I think another master stroke from Bruce Arena. So I tell you what, having Omar Gonzalez back, having Gonzalez and De La Garza uh, work their magic together, having you know reclamation projects at your fullbacks play well in Robbie Rogers, Dan Gargan, the Galaxy have all the pieces to to win the title. This is a bit of a hiccup for them, but I think they'll be rolling before you know it. Also, I got to say, if you did not see uh, Chris Wondolowski's, excuse me, Chris Wondolowski's assist on the uh, Garcia goal, go check it out. It's a beautiful back heel on top of the box. 
It's very nice. Very, very, it's very beautiful, Ivis. In case anyone did not see it, go check it out. Um, another game on the East Coast, Philadelphia, Montreal. This is a game, Ivis, that we talked about. Philadelphia wants to seriously contend for the playoffs. That They have to take care of business. They did. They defeated Montreal 2-1. to one. Sebastian, the two with two goals in this match, taking advantage of Montreal, kind of having a brain fart in the first 10 minutes of the match, scoring on a long goal kick and defensive breakdown. He has another one in the second half. And, uh, I mean, look, Ivis, Philadelphia... Um, wasn't the most impressive win, wasn't the most dominating win, but at the end of the day, it's three points and then continues their their case for the playoff playoff position once the once the season ends. Well, look, they you know it's an important three points, and it was a comfortable three points. I mean, I don't, I never really, you never really got the sense that Montreal was a serious threat to win that game. Mm-hmm. I know that Marco Devio didn't play, and and that couldn't have helped them at all. Uh, but they're on a seven match losing streak. Uh, you know, they're a mess. They're in a tailspin. They're going to end up in last place in the East no matter what. Uh, they're, at this point, they're probably going to turn their attentions to the to the CONCACAF Champions League since, that's, since they're in that competition. Um, but I tell you what, Philly, you got to give them credit. Uh, they have a U.S. Open Cup semifinal on Tuesday, and they were able to put together a really strong performance here ahead of that game. I mean, Amobi Akugo didn't play in this game. Uh, their new goalkeeper, Blyze and Boli, didn't play in the game either. Uh, and I got to give some credit to Zach McMath, right? Because here's a guy who I thought really came into his own last year. I thought he was pretty steady this year. And then Philly goes and buys a, 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 an international goalkeeper. And, you know, Zach McMath, you know, it, it, you got to give this kid some credit because the same thing happened last year. Uh, they, they they signed a German goalkeeper who was who was supposed to come and take the job from him. Didn't happen. Zach McMath kept the job, played well, stepped his game up, and now you see him again. You know, in this game against uh, against Montreal, he helped set up the opening goal. And and I tell you what, don't don't give up on Zach McMath just yet, folks. Because I think for me, he's got some good qualities. And even if Philly doesn't believe in him, I guarantee you, come 2015, he will be starting in MLS somewhere. I think he's going to be. I still think he's going to be a very good goalkeeper for a long time. Uh, and it's just impressive to see how he's handled this latest bout of adversity with his team going out and buying uh, a, another goalkeeper when it seemed like the position was in a, in pretty good hands. So that that bears watching. But Philly, man, I'll tell you what. They're, they're, Jim Curtin's got him playing really well right now. I mean, what are they, 3-1-3 three, three since he took over? Mm-hmm. Uh, they're on the doorstep of the playoffs in the in, in the Eastern Conference. As of right now, they're in fifth place. Uh, they're uh, you know they're tied with Columbus, but they, they've got the edge in, in terms of goals scored. They're a point ahead of New England, uh, two points ahead of Chicago. So, yeah, it's still a really tight race. But Philly, man, with the addition of Carlos Valdez, who looked great, um, and with Latou playing the way he's playing, I mean, Philly, man, you, you got to like their chances. Well, that's what I was going to ask you. I mean, I, I got to say one interesting stat that, that kind of stood out to me in this match. Also, same thing last week for Philadelphia. Philadelphia, excuse me, can't talk tonight. Uh, Philadelphia, I was only had 30, about 32 possession in this match and completed only 274 passes compared to Montreal's 608 and almost 70 possession for Montreal. Same thing last week for Philadelphia. They had no possession against Sporting Kansas City and picked up a point. I mean, I, I get this going against a team like Montreal. You can take advantage of opportunities, quick counterattacks, but I mean, Philadelphia can't play like this the rest of the season, giving up this much possession and only connecting on so many total passes. I mean, Philadelphia needs to start putting in some dominating full 90 minutes possession passes over the, over the other team. I mean, there's no way Philadelphia can keep this up, right? Well, you really can't just look at numbers 
and try to put together a trend when you've, you're talking about two completely different games. Okay, number one, Sporting Kansas City, they're a strong possession team, one of the strongest in the league. Uh, so they're a team that, you know, Philly's going to lose the battle, uh, the possession battle too. Uh, and they're going to have to look for the counter. The Montreal game is a different game because in a Montreal game, they took the lead. They held on to the lead. And when you're holding on to the lead, you let the other team have the ball. And they were and they were content to do that. They were up 1-0. Then they were up 2-0. And, and Montreal really in the second half had a bulk of the possession and, and was able to knock it around. But that's misleading. That's why you can't just look at those raw stats at the end and say, oh, well, Montreal. If you didn't watch the game, you just look at those stats. You'll say, oh, Montreal was the better team. But they really weren't the better team. They were a team that was chasing the game. And Philly was content to let them have the ball. So uh, it's not there. It, this is not a trend. This is uh, two different uh, situations. One was against a really strong team. The other was a team that they were beating. So I, I wouldn't worry about that at all. I think Philly has the quality in midfield that if they need to battle for possession, they can battle for possession. But in this case, in this game, they they had the lead. And you know what? You could argue. Should they have sat on it as much as they did? Should they have tried to possess it a, a little bit more and knock it around? You could make that argument, but I, I don't. This, Calling it a trend, I think, is a bit of a reach. Uh, the city that we left, I'm still very. I don't. I don't get. Why do we leave Portland again? I was. We, we should just I, stay there. I think I should. I think I want to move there, man. I, I love. I love. I, I. I always find something new when I go to Portland. This last time, I discovered bubble tea, and for I don't know who knows what bubble tea is, but I. I had some bubble tea. I had. I had a mango. I had a mango bubble tea smoothie, and it was like the most delicious thing I've had in Portland in a while. Uh, every time you go there, it's a great time. Uh, I'm already scheduling the next trip. I'll be out there in October. Uh, I'm going to go on a uh, Portland, L.A. swing once again, which I think will be for the you know third year in a row. Definitely the second year in a row. Uh, I think Portland, RSL, L.A., Seattle will be the games I'm hoping to, to catch uh, when I go in October. But, yeah, man, Portland, uh, always a good time. Why don't you take me to that? Why, why you got to always be big time in me and stuff? What do you mean? My girlfriend take you to that? What does that mean? Like, if you want to go, you can figure out a way to get there. Why did you invite me? You're resourceful. What do I have to invite you? What do I have, a jet? What do I got, a G5? I'm going to gas up the G5 and fly you out there? Like, you got to make... I thought, gotta, I, thought, I thought you were big time, Ivis. Come on, dude. Listen, if I was that big time, I would find other places for me to go, not have you come with me. <laughs> oh, wow. Thanks. Appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There you go. I, I will say, I mean, I, I still keep talking about... Port- Everyone asks me, I'm like, I did not have one bad meal in Portland. I, I ate great that whole week. I mean, the city's... Downtown's awesome. Port- Portland's a... It's a cool city, man. We're I know I can tell you right now we're offending and and annoying our Seattle listeners as we speak. Well, you know what? Tough crap. I mean, Portland's a really cool city. It reminded me of like kind of the the Scandinavian cities like Oslo and and and, uh, and Copenhagen, it, Stockholm. It, it kind of just had that feel. It reminded me. It just felt very European. It's got it's a personality. To it. Yeah, it, it's, it's cool. It's it's, it's small. It, the downtown area is pretty chill. I mean, you didn't even. See, I mean, that was your first time. You haven't even explored Portland properly. You haven't even seen a good, like a lot of Portland. So you, you need to go back a few times. Like I said, I mean, this is probably like my eighth trip to Portland in the last two years. And every time I go, I find new, something new. I, you know, I discover some, some new stuff there. And it's, it's great. It's great. I can't wait to go back. Uh, i probably going to go back in October. But, you know, Portland, what a week in Portland. They, they host a great mm-hmm. All-Star week. MLS All-Stars win. Caleb Porter beats Pep Guardiola. And then they come right back and they beat Chivas USA. I don't think anyone was going to be surprised by that. But they still needed to do it. They won. They're in the thick of that playoff race. And I've been saying it for what seems like I don't know how long now. 
I, I even when they were struggling, even when they were winless in eight, I said, look, the Timbers are going to be there in the end, and I still, I still say they're going. Then you like what you see out of Caleb Porter's team. Yeah, and I mean, you get not only did you get the victory. Rodney Wallace scores a goal first on the season for him, so it's nice to see him coming back. I know he's he's kind of had some injury stuff slowly building back from that, so it's great to see him uh, get the goal in this one. Ivis and play the full ninety, and then through the man on fire right now, Diego Valeri gets a goal in this one. I mean, it's insane just how great he's playing right now. He had that beautiful assist to Donovan in the All Star game, gets a goal in this one. Ivis, think about this: this is now his fifth goal in six matches for him. I mean, he Portland right now things are clicking for Portland, and they are slowly. You know, you know, not quietly, but I mean, dude, they are climbing up that Western Conference playoff ladder, and I mean, they're going to be right there at the end of the season. Actually, right there, probably the next two weeks, they will probably be. I would say, obviously, you think they're going to be top five next two weeks, back in the playoff picture? Well, you know, it's a tough couple of weeks for them now because they they have to travel across the country to play New England, then they have to travel to the Caribbean to play in the Champions League, and then they have to travel all the way back to the Pacific Northwest. Uh, so it's it's a play Seattle. So it's not it's not an easy stretch by any means for them, but I think it's going to be a good test for them to see just where they are. And that that I tell you what, that Seattle game is such a big game because you have Seattle and and obviously the Derby. Then you play Vancouver, uh, who's you know riding a good wave of confidence after beating Kansas City. Uh, there's not there's not a lot of weak sisters on the remaining schedule for them. So, but like I said, man, Portland they've got the quality. Uh, having Rodney Wallace get that much closer to being 100%, mm-hmm. you know, it's good to see him score a goal. Obviously, they're, they're, they were without Darlington Nagby, who's still recovering from injuries. Um, but they're going to be there, man. And if their defense can start putting it together, because that's been the that was the big issue with them early in the year. Their defense just, you know, couldn't deliver consistent performances. But uh, Liam Ridgewell looks like the real deal. And uh, if yeah. he is, the, in fact, the real deal, then Portland has what they needed, which was they needed that steady and strong uh, presence in central defense, and if he can give him that, then look for me, the Timbers are going to be in the playoffs. And that wraps up our MLS weekend preview. I was time to switch gears completely, talk about the American exports. Eighteen-year-old uh, Emerson Hydman made his debut for Fulham. I was this is a guy that a couple years ago you said could possibly be the next Landon Donovan. What does this mean uh, for him to be making his debut for uh, for the championship side, Fulham? Well, it's 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 been a long time coming. Uh, I think any 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 diehard U.S. national team fans or die diehard U.S. soccer fans who who've kind of you know tracked the the young talents coming up the pipeline has heard the name Emerson Hyman. I mean, he's he's been on the radar for for what seems like five years now. Uh, obviously, the grandson of a longtime FC Dallas coach uh, Emerson Hyman. You know, he came out of the Texas area. This prodigy, this kid who's supposed to be special. And yes, I did say. I still remember. I think it was four years ago now that you know someone asked me. I think it was in an SBI Q and A. They asked me, you know, who's going to be the who do who could be the next Landon Donovan? And I said Emerson Hyman, uh, just because of you know the, this the was, talent. This was in 2010 when he was 14 years old. Right, and then you know what? Good Sometimes call, it works. Nah, well, not yet. I mean, the guy played his first pro game. Settle down. He hasn't done anything <laughs> yet. You know, like let's take it easy a little bit here. Uh, but it's good to see him uh, get from. 13-year-old prospect slash prodigy to 18-year-old pro because you get kids all the time that fall through the cracks in that in in that cycle. They don't get to this point of being the pro uh, playing in, in Europe and, and all that. Like, he credit to him. He's gotten to this point. This is just one step in his evolution as a player, but it's great to see him. 
uh, get that opportunity. Eight, you know, obviously Fulham, they, they were relegated. Uh, they're going to give some young players a chance to, to, to play, and he was given that chance. And uh, you'd like to you like to hope that, that he continues to get playing time. And he is absolutely uh, someone to look out for on the U.S. national team front, U.S. youth national team front. Uh, you know, he's going to be someone that can play in the U-20s. Uh, you know, if he keeps it going, he could be in the Olympic conversation in two years. So it's uh, it's very encouraging to see uh, so a, a young American talent mm-hmm. actually moving along as everyone would have hoped. So, but let's take it easy, folks. Let's not anoint him a star just yet. One game in the league championship, one professional game does not all of a sudden make you a superstar. So let's take it easy. Let's give him let's give him some time, and 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 hopefully he can keep it going. Um, how come we don't do any more Q and A's like this, Ivis, on the website? Uh, I'm gonna start this month. I'm absolutely gonna do Q and A's. I just haven't, uh, obviously, with the World Cup, and it's just it's just What's... running around like crazy. It just hasn't been easy. But I will start doing. Uh, there, some of, some the... of these aren't all soccer questions, too. No, I know. Uh, no, but you know, I, I, I obviously with the the advent of Cover It Live and doing the live Q and A's, the old school you the old school Q and A's took a back seat. And for those who don't know what I'm talking about. What I used to do was I would I would have the Q and A's that we used to have in the early days of SBI was uh, people would submit questions in the comment section. I would select the question. I would answer every question pretty much. Um, but then once we came with Cover It Live and we could do live Q and A's, obviously that that became uh, the, the preferred way to go. But you know I would say in this month of August, people should definitely look out for Q and A's. We will start doing more of them, uh, daytime, nighttime, old school. Uh, you know I want to get back into the mix of things. Now that I'm home again, I, I'm looking at some of these. I mean, people are asking about flat, you know, hats. Should they be flat or uh, or bent? I mean, Giuseppe Rossi on Jersey Shore. Then someone asked you about should marijuana be legalized? <laughs> some of these questions are hilarious. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, we we try to mix it up. Obviously, in the old school Q and A, like it's not just soccer questions. So uh, we'll see. We'll see. You know, we'll, I'm looking forward to those. When, Here's when my favorite. Back. Do you pronounce your name like Evis? <laughs> Yeah, why is that? Different? I don't know because because every time people ask who you are, people always mispronounce your name. I, first time I met you, I mispronounced your name, so I'm glad well, I'm not the only one. <laughs> well, it's it, it's Ivis in English and it's Ives in Spanish. So, you know, if you want to call me Ives, if you're if you happen to speak Spanish, you're more than welcome to. And I'm not one of these guys that gets bent out of shape if you mispronounce my name. I'm used to it. I've, it's happened my whole life. So, I, as a, I mean, I know I have met people who like if you say their name wrong, they get all like. So, hey man, my name is this, and I'm like, settle down, okay, buddy. Give us some, give us some names. Who are those people? I'm not the. Come on, man. I don't do that. I don't call people out like that. <laughs> you know, there's no point. There's no point. But no, it's it's cool. So, uh, but yeah, no, it's you know, we'll we'll, we'll bring the Q and A's back. That much I can promise. And I, you know what? Uh, I want to start pumping up our Facebook page again. I, our Facebook page has been slacking the SBI Facebook page, so uh, maybe. We'll, We'll have to start posting the shows on Facebook or have Q and A's on Facebook. So keep that in mind. Wait, you don't post these shows on Facebook? No, we post them on the site. Oh, That's well, enough. How am I going to share it so my mom can see it and like it and stuff? <laughs> Tell your mom <laughs> to get Twitter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we do not want that. <laughs> <laughs> Alexi's old girlfriend at at Twitter. At <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he said goodbye to me at the party. He was like, "Hey, see ya!" And then, I, and they walked away. I looked right at you. I'm like, "God, my dad is so mean to me." <laughs> you like died laughing. <laughs> that was that was that, a, that, that was part. A... That party was pretty good, actually. Yeah, man. But, hey, listen, the boy, the the boys, a bumpy pitch. They know how to throw a party. 
you know, there once was a time when, you know what, SBI, we wanted to do parties as well. But we'll from now on, for, at the MLS, big MLS events, All-Star Week, MLS Cup Week, we'll, we'll definitely leave Bumpy. We'll let Bumpy Pitch do it. Uh, they'll do the parties and we'll just be there and attend and, and, and have fun because going to parties is much more fun than putting parties together because, I mean, as much as – and, and at the end of the day, we'll retire on our L.A. MLS Cup party. I think it was 2012. That party will never do better than we did that day, and, and, and I think we can retire it on that note. Well, plus, no, first off, no one wants to host a party because then, you know, you're responsible. Exactly. You, know, you, f- you feel like you got to kind of walk around and make sure everyone's okay. Then there's, like, that drunk person that, like, you really don't care about, but you're like, man, I, I got to make sure, like, they get home okay. Like, if you're just the guest, I mean, you could do whatever the hell you want. You know, they ain't got to worry about anything. Exactly. I mean, it's cool. It's cool to have a party. Like, you know, when you do your own party and, you know, like I tell you what, like the one the one big real legit party we did in L.A., you know, we had we had a great turnout. We had some, you know, MLS celebs in there, coaches, players. It was great to kind of get that support. Uh, we, and even before that, we did an MLS uh, part. We did an all star party in uh, in New York City. Uh, we did it uh, when ML, the MLS all star game was in New York. And I, and I thought that was pretty cool. We had, uh, you know, Bruce Arena showed up, Alexi Lalas, Taylor Twelman. Uh, we, and it, it wasn't like a million people there, but it was a nice group of people, nice crowd. And, uh, you know, so who knows? Maybe, we'll still, maybe, we, maybe we will still do parties in the, in the future. But you know what? When the boys at Pumpy Pitch are throwing unbelievable parties, mm-hmm. it kind of makes you say, you know what? I don't even want to do it. I just want to go to their party. Let them do it. I, yeah, I agree with you 100%. I've had a good time about their party. Sporting, I mean, I've only gone to two. Sporting Kansas City was money. Portland was money. So, I mean, they're two for two, the ones that I've gone to. And it's been good, man. And, it, dude, if you're just a regular fan going to these events, I mean, it's also, like, good. I mean, everyone's there. Everyone's chill. It's laid back. It's, it's, it's a nice atmosphere. No, it was pretty good. It was great. And the U.S. Open Cup is back. We're in the semifinal rounds. Two games this week. Game on Tuesday. Game on Wednesday. Tuesday's game. FC Dallas will be hosting the Philadelphia Union. Ivis, what's your take on this one? I mean, Dallas at home, midweek game, short break for both teams. I mean, you got to favor the home side in this one, no? Uh, It's going to be an easier go for them. I mean, obviously, you know, when you think about the travel and how is that going to factor in, uh, they they had a pretty cushy uh, time uh, beating uh, Colorado uh, in that game. So, you know, you kind of like their chances. That being said, uh, Philadelphia under Jim Curtin, have, they've been outstanding. Uh, they did, they were able to rest Amobia Kugo. The big question mark for the Union is the status of Sebastian Latou. Uh He he took a he took a knock at the end, the very end of that game. Uh, Montreal's Christoph Kroll with a completely unnecessary challenge. He just pretty much chopped them down in like the final minute of stoppage time. Totally stupid play on his part. And Latou looked like he was in serious pain. He tried to walk it off, and and you like to hope that it's not serious. But there's not a lot of recovery time when you want to talk about, you know, they played on Saturday, so now you've got Sunday, Monday, and then you got to play on Tuesday. Three days is not a lot of time to recover if it was a serious injury. If Latou is, is hobbled and, and if he can't start, then that's a big, big blow for them because he's really been driving their attack. So if he's not available, you got to like FC Dallas' chances. But if he is available, then I really think it's a coin, it's a coin flip. Uh, and then the game on Wednesday, Seattle is going to be at home taking on the Chicago Fire. Uh, Obi Femi Martins did pick up a red card this past weekend, which means he's out for next weekend. So it looks like he'll be playing on Wednesday. So if you're a Chicago Fire fan, you're probably slapping your head going, oh, crap, Obi Femi Martins probably would have sat out this game, but he's going to be playing against us. And, I mean, I mean, this is a tall task for Chicago to go on the road and defeat Seattle. 
Um, it's it, I don't know. I think Seattle, who takes his competition very seriously, will probably be able to take care of, of Chicago on Wednesday night. All right, look, Seattle, they're at home. They don't have to travel. Uh, they just gritted out a, a win. Uh, you got to like their chances. I mean, look, Chicago, yes, Chicago put in a, a good defensive performance against the Red Bulls, but, you know, having to travel to Seattle and play there, you know, Seattle, even even for Open Cup games, even playing in smaller venues, uh, the Sounders still pull pull a ton of – a lively crowd, good fan support. As you said, Obafemi Martins is going to probably start in that game. Um, so, yeah, no, uh, Seattle, I absolutely like Seattle's chances. Uh, and it should be noted for those who had, who, had, who haven't uh, been up on the Open Cup, uh, the winner of the Dallas-Philly match will be the host of the final, uh, which I think is an interesting one. And you know what? I, I'm not saying I'm rooting. I'm not going to say I'm rooting for either one, but Philly versus Seattle and Philly would be, you know, would be convenient for me because then I could just drive there. Uh, but, hey, if Dallas wins uh, and, and it's Dallas-Seattle or even Dallas-Chicago – I might finally take that trip down to Dallas so I could hang out with all those FC Dallas fans who love me so much. Uh, I'm going to go hang out with the Beer Guardians and see what's what because uh, I keep hearing what a great time it is down there. They don't hate you as much anymore. I thought they I thought they let up. There's a couple. There's a couple. No, Even that's tonight. That's it, because you hate it, George John for whatever reason. No, it wasn't George. I've never hated Look, George, George John himself will tell you I don't have any problems with him. I've talked him up. Through his career. No, I think, well, the Blas Perez, I'm always taking digs at Blas Perez because, let's face it, he's one of the, like, like shady, like, I don't want to, yeah, you know what, he's shady when it comes to, like, just, you know, diving and and all this and that. Okay, so, what, stop, stop, I'm going to stop res- you right now. What? I respect him as a player. Okay. I, I think he's a really, really good player, but he gets away with, he gets away with murder. But, and funny enough, tonight, uh, on the penalty, the Seattle penalty, where Obafemi Martins was, was, was grabbed by Ricardo Clark, I made the point that, you know, it looked like Obafemi Martins initiated the contact by grabbing Clark's shirt. And then I referenced Blas Perez. I said, Blas Perez. I tweeted, Blas Perez would be proud. And, of course, I get the tweet from the random FC Dallas fan with, like, you know, a picture of, uh, you know, somebody, you know, holding up middle fingers. And, and, and it's great. Look, fans support their team. I'm all for that. Um, but I still think it's pretty hilarious because, you know, people think I'm trying to troll FC Dallas fans. I'm absolutely not. It's just Blas Perez. I'll never forget. FC Dallas, Portland Timbers, I guess it was a year ago. Yeah, it had to be a year ago where he grabbed Andrew John Baptiste by his shirt, two hands full of jersey, and 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 then pull, and like pulled him until Andrew John Baptiste put his arms up, and then Blas Perez went down. He completely initiated it, drew a penalty. It was the most absurd penalty I can ever remember uh, someone drawing. And you know what? From that, that point on, it's just like Blas Perez gets away with murder. The, the game you're looking for, Ivis, was in May. This is the one you're talking about, when Blas Perez did that. It wasn't this year. Cause, uh, no, 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 last year, last year. May, May of last year. Right, May of last year. So, yeah, no, it's just, you know, so it is what it is. But uh, I thought it was pretty funny. But, no, I tell you what, I, I want to go to Texas. I keep looking at the schedule. I wish the te- the schedule makers would, would make a, a week or would have made a week where it was uh, Houston uh, and Dallas playing, like, a few days apart where I could go to Houston and then go to Dallas, slip in a trip somewhere, you know, go, go to a little, get a little barbecue down there. Uh, but unfortunately, I don't think that's going to work out. I think my Texas trip is going to be limited to uh, my trip down to San Antonio for the the U.S. Columbia friendly, which is supposed to happen. It hasn't been official, made official yet, but it sounds like it's going to happen. I will be flying into Austin and uh, enjoying some great barbecue in Austin before I head over to San Antonio. Dallas is a good time, man. I always have fun when I'm in Dallas. 
Uh, I do too. It's it's a little spread out, but uh, but yeah, no. I mean, I, I haven't yeah, been to tell da- me about I, it. I, 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 I'm trying to remember the last time I went to Dallas. I think that the last time I went to Dallas might have been their their last MLS Cup. So it's been a it's been a good while. It's been a good while since since it's been like eight years, I think. And uh, every time I've been there, I've had a good time. Um, uh, Houston, I need to get to Houston because uh, I haven't actually been to their new stadium yet. Crazy, their as new state, their new stadium is is money. I, I don't like Houston that much as a city. Sorry, Houston fans, but their stadium is is awesome. Yeah, I want to check it out. I mean, I you know I I uh, I ran into Chris Kennedy uh, from the Dynamo in Detroit for that uh, Real Madrid Man United game and. And you know, obviously, you know, I t- you know, I've known Chris a long time, and 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 we talked about the stadium, and I I, I want to go, so, you know, I gotta I have to keep looking at that calendar and see if I can find a way to get down there. Yeah, I I agree, Ivis. <laughs> <laughs> hey, maybe, maybe the All Star game will be there next year. Uh, eh, eh, no, but okay. Oh, do you know where it's gonna be? Uh, no. <sighs> why, why are you stuttering? Well, let's put it this way. Even if I knew, I wouldn't say that I knew because then if I knew, then I should be saying where it is, right? So I'm just going to go ahead and say I don't know. All right. I'll, I'll, but, get, it, I'll get it out of you after the show and then I'll just but, it out. <laughs> but if I did know where it was, uh, I'm pretty sure MLS would put it somewhere pretty cool and somewhere where I'm sure we'd have a good time. That's all I'll say. Where's that? Montreal? Uh, I'm just – no, I don't know where it is. I don't mm. know what you're talking about. I think Montreal. I think Montreal would be pretty cool. That's all I'm gonna say. All right, we'll see. <laughs> okay, I'll get a call tomorrow. How do you know that crap? <laughs> Give me another month. Maybe I'll write about it. Um, all right, well, dude, yeah, Dallas is a good time, dude. See, I will say the one good thing about Dallas, even though it is spread out, there are highways everywhere, so Dallas is easy to get around. No, no doubt about it. So it, yeah, it's just the thing with Dallas is it's like because it is so spread out, so it's like. Like you might be like your hotel might be in one place, but then you, where you want to go party, it might be somewhere yeah. not close to there. And then it's like, do you drive? You can't really drive if you're trying to party. You're trying to get your drink on, and then you got to like take a taxi. Well, maybe now with like Uber and stuff, it's a little easier to do that. Uh, obviously, we're talking oh four. You know, when when, Dal- when Dallas hosted back to back MLS Cups, I was at both of those. Um, you know, that that was kind of the thing back then was like getting around. You know, you want to get your party on, but, you know, how do you get back to your hotel and, you know, whatever. It was, it was still a great time. I had a really good time in Dallas. Both times I was there. Yeah, I had a, I had a good time in Dallas. I was there Actually, last you know year. what? I've I learned how, to... spread, how spread out it is. I was in downtown been... and I drove to Fort Worth to meet up with, you know, a girl. And then I didn't, it was like an hour drive over there. It was horrible. Well, that's the, th- well, that's the thing. I mean, I've been, I've actually been to Dallas, the Dallas area three times uh, for, I was there for both MLS Cups and I was actually there for the opening of the stadium. I was at the first match. It was uh, actually the Red Bulls. Uh, maybe they might have still even been the Metro Stars then, but it was against FC Dallas. I remember Yuri Jerkayev uh, having a great game. I think it was. I think they ended up tied. I think it might have been like a two-two tie. The stadium wasn't even completely finished yet. I think Eddie Johnson might have even been playing on FC Dallas at that time. I think. Now we're going. We're going way back. We're going way back. But but all three times I've been to, to, to Dallas in the Dallas market, I had a great time. So I want to go back. Uh, go see my boy Daniel Hernandez, uh, who's still in, uh, living in the area down there. I keep hearing about some great barbecue down in uh, his neck of the woods in Tyler. So I want to go check it out. I want to go 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 see what's going on down there. So uh, hopefully I'll have. Hope, hey, you know what? U.S. Open Cup. If it's in Dallas, I'm gonna see what I can. I'll I'll see what I can do to be there. Uh, you were right, Iris. It was the actually it was the Metro Stars, and that was yeah. on August 6, two thousand five. 
Yep, that was a, that was the last year of the Metro Stars. So, and that was a year Yuri Jerkaev was tearing it up. Uh, he had one he had one great year under Bob Bradley. Bob Bradley was the coach that year, and then the next year uh, after they got rid of Bradley, uh, Jerkaev kind of like didn't care anymore and checked out. Um, but yeah, no, two thousand and five. I still think I ha- I have like the I have like a fake plastic hard hat with an FC Dallas logo on it from that trip to that stadium opening. Oh, nice. Here, 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 I'll put this in perspective of how young I am. I was entering my freshman year of college in 2005 at that time. I thought you were going to say high school. I feel a little bad. Like <laughs> <laughs> at least you're not that young. <laughs> it's crazy, man. It's crazy how time flies, man. It, it, it really is, man. Because like, as an example, even tonight with the Chicago beating the, uh, the Red Bulls, uh-huh. And, and uh, you know, on the TV, they showed that it was their first. Uh, uh, the Red Bulls have not beaten the Fire in Chicago since '05, and they're showing the highlights. And I'm like, oh wow, is that this game? This is. <laughs> it was like nine years ago. Eight, it's like, where does the time go? What, yeah. what, what game were you not at? I feel like any time a game is referenced, like you were at that game. I, you know what? I, well, I mean, I was a beat writer covering New York that is from true. from '99 until '08. So I mean, I was at most games for them. For a lot of years. And I used to travel. I used to be, you know, for a good long while, I was one of the few MLS beat writers who actually traveled to a majority of the games. So, I mean, I, you know, there there were a lot of years where there might have been three or four of us in the whole country who could say that. So, you know, I was lucky enough that, that, that my paper sent me to, you know, whether it was Colorado, Kansas City, Dallas, uh, you know. Not so much the the really really far West Coast wings because usually it was too late for our deadline so we didn't do that. But I was at the DC United games. I mean I I, I need to make a top ten list of my favorite MLS regular season games at some point because you know I've I've been to a few good ones. We should do it on the show. That's that's something we should be doing on the show. Nah, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> you always say that. Then we never as, do it. As part of a Q and A next time, we'll. Uh, We'll we'll get uh, we'll get some people to to chime in on questions about that. I I think we need to do that. I mean, this is this is good content for the show, so we're not just always you know bantering back and forth. You know. Well, maybe if we recorded our shows at a regular hour, we could get guests again. Okay, first off, two, two, <laughs> two reasons: Major League Soccer scheduled late games on Sunday, number one, and number two, I was having dinner in church with the family, dude. So just take it easy, all right? Not everyone can be barbecuing and, and working on the tan by the pool all day. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I would have taken a break from that to do a show in the daytime so we could get a guest. So hopefully this week we'll be able to go get a guest. I know people miss us bantering with guests because I think we need that back in our life. Yeah, I agree 100%. And with that, it wraps up today's SBI show. Ivis, I know you keep complaining about what time it is. I mean, you don't sleep anyway, so I don't know what, the, I don't know what your argument is. So I'll let you go before you rip my head off across the Skype, <laughs> the Skype connection that we're on. Well, look, you know, I, I, I do go to sleep generally around 3 a.m. And, and when I have to listen to you for an hour, that makes me even sleepier. So, you know, that See, combination. Why are you going to say stuff like that? Because then people listening to the show are going to be like, oh, yeah, I agree with that, too. Uh, come on. It's just jokes. It's just jokes. Um, no, but, nah, yeah, I don't know, man. I'm, I'm, uh, I need to start sleeping at more regular hours. So cool. maybe that's, what, that's the problem. We'll get there. Look, this is you, you make some calls. Tell Major League Soccer to stop scheduling these late Sunday night games. I will do that. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, I'll let you go, Ivis. Anything else before we close out the show? Uh, nothing much. I mean, I will tell people if you haven't yet, 
Uh, please give us a review on iTunes, uh, whatever you want to give us, five stars, four stars, three stars. <laughs> right, we haven't gotten many reviews lately, but the last – now, this is what's funny. We, we'd never, we had never had a one-star review before, and now our last two reviews have been one star, which is the lowest you can get. So we went from achieving a five-star rating as a show to seeing that drop down to four and a half thanks to those two – uh opinionated individuals who decided our show is horrendous and not worthy of more than one star uh hopefully those of you listening that disagree with that will get on there and give us give us your own ratings which are hopefully higher um and and we would greatly appreciate uh, a, a, a few more ratings to balance things out from those two uh idiots who i am chasing down as we speak <laughs> no i'm just kidding i'm only i'm just kidding folks i'm just kidding uh okay maybe not <laughs> I may already have their personal information, yeah. I w- and I will be tracking them down. No, oh, I'm I really am kidding. I'm really am kidding. I, I know you are. I know you are. Uh, but yes, if, if you listen to the show, please give us your on iTunes. We'd greatly appreciate it. Um, you know, obviously, I love doing this show. We, we and we do love. We, we look. We do welcome and appreciate feedback. If you think there's things that we should do, things that you would like us to talk about, I mean, please let us know. I mean, this show, we you know. Obviously, we do it for ourselves because you know. Obviously, I like doing a show together, but I mean, we also want to hear input and stuff like that. So, we appreciate like, we appreciate I, everything. I don't I don't like you that much. I don't know if I'd still do the show if we didn't have listeners. Come on, <laughs> I know I know you like me. I'm like I'm like one of your kids now. We're not we're not quite that level yet. Maybe give about? it. Maybe once we get the show 200, we could say that. But uh, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, no. I mean, hey, it's great to to have. Uh, I mean, I'll tell you what. I was looking at the other day and. It, it, it might sound a little crazy, but we we I guess over the course of the World Cup we surpassed the half a million uh, listens mark, which I think is a pretty significant number. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's crazy that we're we are we're getting up to five six thousand listens a show now. Which you know it's funny because I remember when we started and I asked Garrett what what he'd be happy with, and he's like, "Oh man, if we can get two thousand, that'd be great." And we're up to like six thousand, pushing towards seven thousand a show. So that's great, and I, and I definitely want to thank those of you out there who are listening to us on a regular basis. Thank you for supporting us. You definitely make it worthwhile, and it makes me. I can't speak for Garrett, but it definitely makes my day. Anytime I run into somebody who listens to the show, because it's like you know what, if you're putting the time in to listen to our rambling hour-long shows, then that that means a lot. So. Once again, thank you guys for supporting us. No, I I agree. I, hey, I'll, random people walk up to me and say, "Listen to the show," and I'll always be like, "Really? Like you listen to the show? Like don't you have better things to do than listen to me talk for an hour about soccer?" But I agree with you, man. It's, it's it is it is quite nice when I get that occasional like this person or that person or or whatnot. So uh, I just look look with that. It's time for you to go to bed. I need to go to bed because. It's also past my bedtime, so uh, I'll let you go. I think you and I are going to try to do a midweek show this week, so Ivis and I will try our hardest to do a midweek show and maybe do an extended Q&A possible, Ivis, so we'll see what happens, man. Tuesday night. Tuesday night, we're going to hopefully do a show. All right, man. Well, I will let you go. Enjoy your night, and I'll catch up with you later. Thanks, man. And as always, everyone, thank you for listening. This is the SBI Show. <laughs>